0: It really is a nightmare as a half, isn't it? When you turn up to a game, it's steaming down rain, and then you make it out. Of the oh, what are they doing? I mean a a, a long ball to a sideline when it's it's not only just raining, it's steaming down. Look at that, and he hits the ground. He's <laughs> <laughs> not staying in. <laughs> oh thank you. Stay on your feet and come off your left foot, don't hit the ground. Anyway. Steaming!
1: Hey everybody, welcome to Not The Footy Show, episode 162. It's myself, Warden Nicholson, and joined once again on a Sunday evening in the wake of round number 6 of 2017, he's waiting for the intro, Rob Cox. Ooh, short one. Short one this week. I'm just, just trying to keep things fresh. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Surprising. I had a few complaints about my overuse of the word. Cocksmith. Don't call him Cox. I call him cocksmith. In the last couple of episodes, so yeah, I do well, appreciate
0: that. It can be taken any way, if you know what I'm saying.
1: Gee whiz, that was in the script. Uh, this week we'll talk about uh, JT's injury. Uh, those mighty dragons, mate, just uh, kicking goals and Josh McCone just solving everything. <laughs> and uh, we'll also talk about uh, the Mitchell Moses Appreciation Society that doesn't exist, mm-hmm. and then we'll wrap up the show with a couple of extra segments. We'll pick the team for Australia in the uh, May Test Match and then surgery with Dr Cox on that New South Wales spine. It gets underway once again. You just can't go a week without talking about the Blues, can you, mate?
0: It's going to happen every week, so if
1: you don't like it, too bad. So when we get to August and the series is over, you just talk about next, the pick year in, after? Picking 2018. Nicely done. We'll have more on The Footy Show after the break.
2: Moses, Idris, Fend on Gillam Osby. Thurston is on one leg. Oh, no. Thurston's got troubles here. Jonathan Thurston, his shin, lower leg. He's gone, JT. Ponga goes back for it, knocks it dead. But JT is in trouble here. This is a dramatic moment for Jonathan Thurston.
1: Okay, Smith, we just heard the news... Oh, we just heard the uh, audio then of um, Jonathan Thurston going off the field. And uh, I was watching this on the old app, so it froze about seven times. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's beside the point. Mm. He goes off and it looks like um, that he's broken something. It just, it, it just looked terrible. Yep. Uh, we know what it is and we'll talk about what the final actual uh, diagnosis is. But the moment that JT gets carted off the field arm in arm with the trainers... Mm. What was your feeling right then?
0: I thought he'd broken his leg. I thought he'd broken it somewhere between his ankle and his knee. Although it didn't look bent, but just the way that he... uh, The way that he just wouldn't put weight on it um, just straight away. I I thought break or I thought Achilles. And what then went through your head? Well... Then when he didn't look like he was in considerable pain sitting in the dressing room a few seconds later or, or a minute or two later, um, I thought syndesmosis, a really bad case. Um, Dr. Cox is on fire at the moment, I'll yeah. hey, yeah? And then I noticed, obviously, and I think one of the commentators said it just as I noticed, but um, uh, the ice pack on his, on his calf
1: sort, sort of says torn calf. I went a little bit more drastic mm. uh, and I was with a, a guy that you know, uh, Dave Kennedy, and we were discussing immediately two things. Mm-hmm. Test match. Who plays number six? Yep. And Origin. No English. No Scott. No JT. Wow. That was the immediate thought process of both of us, and it was yep. not so much "ha ha yay woo" that mm. he's not there. It's no. like, yep. what, what, what? JT's not going to play. J T's mm-hmm. not going to play for the Kangaroos. Like, mm. it was. A, it was actually a bit of a, a really scary like realization that you know. Obviously, the, the news, which is, Dr. Cox, what's the... What's the... Uh,
0: well, the news that I've heard today is a grade two or three tear of the calf.
1: So that could be a month to two months. Yeah, uh, It's an injury that doesn't go away very quickly, so... That's right. Um, especially given he's actually done more than just a little bit of a pull to it. Yeah. But the, the thing that sort of goes through your mind is, uh, if it is broken, is that the last time I've seen JT play? It's yeah. A scary, it's a scary thought. Absolutely.
0: No, I uh, mate, I, th- I thought the worst, Um Broken leg is, is sometimes six to eight weeks, depending on how bad the break is. Uh, and Achilles is a season, maybe more.
1: And at that age, which yeah. is 34 or 35, I think he is next year or whatever it is. But mm-hmm. how does he come back from that? And look, he's, he's, he's definitely been a player that has been durable because I think the stat is he hasn't missed a game for Queensland since he debuted. Mm. He got he got carted off the field that time in See, the, someone in the, wheeled him back on. Yeah, you know? but that was game three. Yeah, that's true. And then he was back <laughs> around again for. The, uh, he was a bit emotional that day, old. JT. I think he was. Yeah. Uh, but he's been incredibly durable. Yeah. And yes, it's funny. Like I think we've all been sort of a, not so much waiting for him to break apart mm. because of the way he plays. Mm-hmm. But I've been fearing the day that actually that might happen. And obviously, the news was potentially great that he could even be back, you know, for Origin potentially. He won't play, I wouldn't think, uh, in the Test match in a couple of weeks' time. I don't think so. It did get me thinking around that sort of pit-in-your-stomach feeling Mm -hmm. of some of the great players in the past that have had these injuries at the end of the year or the start of the year that have ruled out great sides. And the two that come to mind for me is Ricky Stewart nine ninety three for the Raiders, Yep. when I think the score was about 98-0 over Parramatta. And he um, went to make a tackle and just snappalicious on the ankle and that was the end of not only his season but Canberra's as well Speaking of thrashings they don't come much heavier than the treatment that Canberra handed a hapless Parramatta in the second last round of 1993 at Bruce Stadium the 68-0 scoreline was not only the biggest win in Canberra's history, but also the third largest margin in 85 years of the competition. Despite those substantial feats, the Canberra camp was filled with despair over the serious ankle injury suffered by ace halfback Ricky Stewart. He couldn't help but feel that the Raiders would have been content to win by just one nil if it meant that such misfortune wouldn't have become Stewart with the playoffs just around the corner. And
0: here's my stop him the big
1: mac tracks in for his second Well, there's something wrong here now Krenkovich has been tackled ricky stewart ricky stewart's in agony look at that oh look at the way that ankle's positioned and if he hasn't broken his ankle oh look at it there's something horribly wrong with ricky stewart's leg the trainer shaking his head, I think, says it all. Uh, and then Andrew Johns in three straight years. Yeah. Um, two where the Knights were well and truly title contenders, and that was 2002 after they won the comp. He had a back injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then 2003, he had that famous neck injury. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and then in 2004, he did his knee in like round three. Yeah. But that was sort of the feeling that I had, having sort of witnessed those other two mm. of when I saw JT getting carted off the field. Is there any ones that you can think of in your oh, mind?
0: Well, going to the Ricky Stewart one. Who, who would forget Steve Stone filling in for? Ricky Trevor Shodell
1: St- got a chance for about three minutes, and that then three minutes. That's right. Tim Sheens went. I'll, I'll pick a back rower. Pick That'll a back rower.
0: Yep, yep. All we got to do is pass, uh, mate. I look. You know what? I, I as far as season end-ending injuries goes, um, there's obviously been countless ones. One of the one of my um, saddest recollections of a player playing with injury was was Brett Kenny. Yep. Because I think I, I remember Brett Kenny from, from Grand Finals where he won Grand Finals for Parramatta, yep. um, most notably the first one against Newtown. Took a, He had a big big hand in winning that. And then later on, um, you know, he, he probably retired two years too late. Um, so he was always broken. Yep. And I think any, any guys that were probably 10 years younger than me probably only saw Brett Kenny as a broken player and probably thought he was just a hack.
1: Um, yep. And he wasn't. No, um, he was a fantastic footballer. And it's funny you mentioned that he retired <coughs> two years after... Sterlo retired mm. two or three years too soon because of his shoulder. Probably, yeah. Yeah. Well, Sterlo's another one, you know. he, he Yeah. He, he was a Early great 90s. player. He, Early yeah. 90s. He and it's funny, I think he won one of the awards. It could be in Daliam or Rothman's in 88. I think came back from an injury in 87. And mm-hmm. then I think he played a couple more years but just couldn't couldn't stay together. Yeah. But it's funny how you mentioned that. those. That's obviously back into the career, but mm. some great players have, have I guess... Lost some seasons. The other one I was thinking of before was uh, Darren Lockyer in 2007. Lockyer. The year after they won in 2006. Yep. As mentioned in the podcast earlier, I'd been reading Wayne Bennett's book and he sort of said the moment he got injured, mm-hmm. he just knew they couldn't win the comp.
0: Yeah. And yeah. I think they
1: were a dominant team again in 2007.
0: That's that's what kind of player Lockyer was. Um, you know, you needed him in your team. A bit like Andrew Johns. Um, you know, he was the linchpin kind of player.
1: Well, I honestly reckon that, that obviously, for, uh, I'm a Canberra fan, so that 93 premiership is one that sucks not to have won. Mm-hmm. But the Knights, I honestly reckon, with Joey healthy, they win in two thousand oh, yeah. two and two thousand three. He just—he was just a phenomenal player. Oh yeah, yeah, he was. Um... Everyone forgets that. They, they, I'm gonna keep going on about. He's not the eighth immortal and all this garbage. Mm. Just, just go, watch those whole seasons if you can, mm. and you'll change your mind. Because I love JT. Me too. I love Inglis. I love Cam Smith and yep. all that kind of stuff. Yep. Joey Johns, with what he had around him in those years. Mm-hmm. There's not, there's not much better.
0: There really isn't. I've always said that I've never seen a player uh, have the ability to, to, to grab a game by the scruff of the neck and change it at will, um, like Joey did. Um, I think Cam Smith's probably the next and JT's not far behind. Um, but, yeah, um, Joey's the best halfback I've ever seen.
1: The point on Smith that you make, I don't think he's as much a take it by the scruff of the neck and change it. I think he takes the game under his wing from the first minute. Yeah, and then controls it for the next eighty. Absolutely, no. That's he, his greatest he, asset. For he's a life.
0: master manipulator, um, Cam Smith. He's he's a, a schemer. Um, you know, if he was uh, uh, if he was hanging around your misses, you wouldn't trust him.
1: <laughs> oh, gee whiz, you know Doctor Cox just he, he also dabbles in some psychiatry as well, <laughs> uh, marriage counselling. Uh, <laughs> we'll uh, get off uh, this topic as we open not the footage up for 162, but. SBL will be thankful, I guess, that JT will go around again this year. Absolutely. Uh, if not, obviously, next year. I think he's also re-signed for another year. Wow. McCrone stepping through some feeble defence. Goes to DeBellin, and the Dragons extend the lead. McCrone gets himself into the backfield. DeBellin
2: pushes up in support, and they're on their feet again on the hill.
1: All right, welcome back to another The Footy Show. Rob Cox sitting alongside myself, Warwick Nicholson, and... Um, there's some stats that are out there after six rounds. There's some teams playing well. There's some teams teams playing average. Melbourne lost their first game today, Coxmith. They did. Yep. And, they, um, they lost to the Sharks. They yeah. did in a, in a soccer shootout or something, <laughs> I believe. Yep. But there's an interesting uh, development as a result of that uh, victory. And what is that?
0: Mate, it's never in doubt. The Dragons at the top of the top of the uh, the ladder, breathing fire.
1: They are five and one boys and girls. Uh, mm-hmm. They have one hundred and sixty-three points four, mm-hmm. as we are six rounds in. Now I'm no mathematician, but that's a decent points for points four per game. Killing it. They have only conceded eighty-two points. Mm-hmm. They have a plus-minus or a differential, or we you want to call it, of eighty-one. Yep. And Josh McCrone is nine and one as a Dragons halfback. Yeah, well,
0: he's a masterful signing, Mary. Great work. He
1: could get dropped tomorrow and have the best halfback. Winning ratio as a Dragon since, like, well, who? Who, who, who would come to mind? Oh, <clears throat> one of the oh. players in the 60s and 50s who it's played after? N-
0: <laughs> Let me tell you, it's not Matthew Head. Um, who could it be? Maybe Noel Goldthorpe?
1: Possibly, but he played for quite a while there. They only had a couple of up, up years. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Very interesting. I'll yeah. 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 Wait, where does Ma- where oh. does,
0: we'll talk about McCrone later, but where does he go after this? I mean, Hunt, does he go back to the lower grades? Does he sit on the bench? What happens?
1: Mate. You know, I think they'll find a spot for him. The solution have to. solves everything. Yep. Anyway, we're going on with Miriam McGregor and the fact that mm. uh, at the start of the year, even in conversations before he we went on the podcast, we're talking about you know, what's his, life, what's his lifespan there at the Dragons.
0: Mate, um, one of the first coaches sacked, I said. Um, I was not misquoted. I was quoted as, as one of the first coaches sacked. I was wrong. Um and uh, at the I'm, moment you're wrong. Well, I was wrong. I was. I think. I think if Mary doesn't win another game until round 24, you he'll, he'll last till round 24.
1: That's funny. This happened two years ago. Yeah, 2015. Mm-hmm. Same thing happened. The mm-hmm. Dragons just started like an absolute house on fire, mm-hmm. and they faded in the second half of the season. I think they got knocked out by the uh, Bulldogs. Yeah, um, they, they in did the, in the semi-final. Yeah. I think what is great about what the Dragons have been able to accomplish is that. They're actually yeah they're defending well and the rest of it, but they're scoring points.
0: Mm. Yeah, now, there were a few gifts place. on the
1: weekend. Yep, to be fair, and that happens in the course of a season. Yeah, but the final score was thirty-five ten over Manly at Brookvale. I love those odd numbered scores. I love them. <laughs> there was a few this weekend, wasn't there? Yeah, there was one at least today. So. Uh, but that's. Both teams coming off three straight victories. That's yep. as comp- comprehensive as it gets on away ground.
0: Yeah, Manly didn't get near the game, mate. Um, uh, the Dragons blew them off the park in the first 15 and they were never, ever going to come back from that. Um, they, they It was like like the way they bombarded Penrith in round one. Um, they did the same thing, just with a bit more finesse this time. A little bit of luck too, that that, uh, that try from the, the dummy half. Where
1: Well, what was your view on that? I, I saw the, the clip today.
0: I think I think DCE should keep his hands in his pockets and not try and pick on a winger. The winger dominated him and then didn't... didn't oh, he's
1: actually playing fullback, Jason Nightingale, let's well, be fair, come on. Okay,
0: he's still a winger. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, no, he shouldn't be involving himself in that rubbish
1: right near his try line. I've um, got no drummers with the ultimate decision. He started it. But my issue with it is that, I don't know, to me it almost underlined probably one of the real areas that I struggle with um, is that touchy not paying attention to people getting run off the ball mm-hmm. now in this situation obviously that was just a tussle and you can argue that DCE really was the one that instigated him mm-hmm. and all the rest of it Nottingham definitely held on held to him
0: definitely after DCE pushed him
1: but it happened so off the ball yeah we I don't know I think it's a real problem that we have and, and this is not brand new news by any stretch of the imagination mm-hmm. but the, the running people off the ball through kicks mm-hmm. is just out of control yeah and this to me highlighted again that sort of how easily it is missed, I guess is my point.
0: Yeah, it is easily missed because they're watching the ball and they're not watching
1: what's going on four or five metres off the ball or ten metres And I would have thought the, the people watching the ball with the referees and then you'd get the touchies to maybe watch what was happening around the ball. You'd think so, but that would be too smart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, um,
0: at the same time though, mate, um, I think it was DCE's uh, position to be at dummy half there yep. because it was out of the middle of the ground. He probably, you know... He he lost track of it for a moment. He should have been there. It's his fault. They you yeah, know, the Dragons score and thanks very much.
1: Yeah, so comprehensive victory for them. Look, I think we go from that game and I just want to talk about Thursday and Friday quickly. And mm-hmm. that was the uh the sheer stages in quality of, of performances. Mm-hmm i got to start with this, the six o'clock game on Friday night in Newcastle. I missed that because. You didn't miss a thing. That's just that's all I <laughs> need to say. The, the Bulldogs were lucky they were playing Newcastle. It was, that, was a, that was a horrible game of rugby league. Okay. Um, just. Yeah, I, I, I can't offer anything more positive than what I just did. You didn't ask where I was. Oh. On, on Friday night. Well, uh, you know, he went over here, at that's 6 for sure. PM. At 6pm. No, 6 I PM. wasn't at
0: your joint. I was um, I was actually at Hogsbreath um, at Penrith yeah. at 6pm, right across the road from Pepper Stadium, with uh, one Chuckstagram and a couple of other photographers chowing down on a big steak, which I
1: regretted oh. about, um, about, about... About an hour, about an hour, hour later, running off the sideline. Is that why all your photos were just from the middle of the field, just oh, next mate. to the portal? All oh, my photos were grass. <laughs> 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 no, my photos weren't that good that night. Um, the game itself wasn't a bad spectacle. Mm-hmm. It was entertaining. Mm-hmm. Souths was getting up uh, with a field goal in the final minute to win twenty-one to twenty. One point. Do you think? Yes. Do you think Moylan, Wanga Blake, and Peter Hiku would have made any difference to that one point? You'd like to think so, if you're a Penrith fan, because I think they're two and four on the season, mm. and that's a game that you'd want to have back.
0: Is that two points going to come back and haunt them at some stage? So. No? No, no? No. They're not going to miss out on the eight or the four no, by no. two points? The
1: four maybe, mm. but definitely not the eight. They'll be there. Okay. I, 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 look, You look at that South's performance, um, a lot of things went their way. They played quite well, mm-hmm. uh, but they also gave up a try with two minutes to go yep. um, when they were predicting a lead. And I'll give um, Tamari Martin big credit here. There's a, there's a play in rugby league that you see time and time again. And the, and the issue is players not as Joey loves to say, playing what's in front of them. Yeah. They'll go to the line about 20 metres out and instead of looking at the numbers on the outside, they'll just put a little kick in behind the line and think, repeat set. And there's no doubt they're under instructions a lot of the time that repeat sets are the number one thing. Yeah. But if you watch that try that Tamari Martin set up and I think it was um, Michael Oldfield that it scoring it. was. Yep. Dean Farray got on the outside. There isn't a lot of room there. Mm. But he looks up and sees that the defensive centre, which I think it was Jennings, Yep. Had pinched in a little bit, anticipating the kick. Mm-hmm. And he just gave a nice floating out ball. Farah takes it, swerves around, gives a nice pass, and they score. Mm-hmm. Clearly nails the kick. But for me, it was just one of those ones where i just love to see some of the young halves, or even the older halves in the game, just be a little bit more aggressive in, in looking at the opportunities. Because I'd, I'd watched the game beforehand, the Knights and the Bulldogs, and yeah. it just was rife with that kind of thing where they'd put a little kick, dinky kick in, and if you would just gone through the hands, guys like Brett Morris are just dead set tie in their shoelaces out there on the wing mm. going, I remember the time when I actually had good service. It was, mm. it was a fun, fun time of life. Mm-hmm. So that game was interesting because of the ending and I'll give South's full credit because what they did in the last two play the balls before they hit the goal is they went back in behind the ruck and just yep. Penrith could not stop them. Yep. And it was a fantastic way of getting in position and, and obviously Reynolds kicked the goal.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But then the game the night before, and I know we go a long way back. I mean, it's Sunday night now but that was still Thursday. Mm-hmm. To me... Honestly, the most entertaining game I've seen this year between the Broncos and the Roosters.
0: I liked it. Um, I really liked it because of the result. As you know, I'm, I don't like the Roosters. Um, I uh, I think that the Broncos played perfectly to beat... When I say perfectly, I don't think they played a perfect game, but
1: I think they played perfectly for that evening to beat um, the Roosters. It's the most aggressive i think i've seen brisbane play mm-hmm. and i don't mean that in a way that they try to bash the no. roosters yep. they just try to play some footy Yeah, you know, everyone who's listened to this podcast for the last seven years know i love footy mm-hmm. play some footy and i'll get behind any team yep. even if it's parramatta or some george or manly mm-hmm. and the broncos just kept playing football yep. and the roosters couldn't stop it they mm-hmm. were falling off tackles the, the funny thing was by the time you hit the half time, the roosters are still in the match oh
0: yeah they, they weren't out of it at halftime um no, they, they the, the way that the, the way the Broncos kept rolling forward. You know, they used they used their forwards. You know, as as they say, uh, you've got to earn the right to go sideways by going forward. And they went forward. Um, as did the Roosters as well, just not to, to the to as good effect as uh, as the Bronx did. I was really impressed with the Bronx. Um, most notably, uh, Josh Maguire played mm. really well. Um.
1: As did Sam Thido when he was on. Um, I like the move of him to the bench. I think that is the best thing for Brisbane mm-hmm. because I think he is the number one guy on that team that is, follow me. Mm. And I think when you see him starting and playing the sort of 60 minutes in a row, he mm-hmm. has a couple of those moments, Yeah, but generally they're later in the match Yeah, because I think he's realising I've got to pace myself to a degree. And I don't mean that and he doesn't give 100%. That's not what I'm saying at all. But I just think those, those charges that he can offer when he comes off the bench, yeah, impact. particularly alongside a guy like, Savedia Pangai Jr. who mm. I've been bullish on from the start of the year. I think he's just a really Jr. good player. Yes,
0: yes, yeah. Both great players. Uh,
1: there's, there's some real good balance to what they've got going there. And the final score was 32 points to eight. Mm. Roosters shouldn't be disappointed because mm-hmm. I think they played a game that on another night they probably win. Yeah, probably. probably I, right. I think they had... There was a few... There was one moment in the game that it will wrap up this part of the, the podcast but uh, Kenny Dow lost the ball. Kenny Dow lost the ball again. Did you see what he did? And... and this one, I don't know. Sometimes, obviously, players they got their roles in the team and the rest of it. But mm-hmm. he knocked on off a kick, and Brisbane picked the ball up, and he sort of he got involved in the tackle. Yeah. And there was like about two Brisbane play, uh, players back. Yeah. Now on their own line, mm-hmm. instead of running to where the gaps were in the defensive line. Yeah. Sean Kennedy ran to his wing, mm-hmm. where the ball was not going to go anywhere near. Mm-hmm. And to me, it was just like, I don't mm-hmm. know. I mean, obviously. You can pick apart anybody from home. I get of that. Of course, of course. But it was just one of those ones where I go, "You've just made the mistake. Hmm. You should be aiming up like a prop, almost in the defensive line. If there's <laughs> no one else back there." Instead, he ran to his wing, and they scored in the other corner. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying he stops the try by going back into that defensive line where he should have gone. Probably not. Yeah. But it was just a, it was an automatic pilot thing that I just hmm. go, "When you made the error." You can you can I don't know you can change up that automatic pilot sometimes. Yeah, totally. Did you see uh, Milford's hit on Mitchell Pierce? Yeah, it wasn't too bad. I, thought, I, I, I actually thought to myself, Coxmith will have enjoyed that. I liked it a lot. Indeed. Uh, quickly on the other results, uh, the Raiders just turned it on against the Titans. Dominated. That was a that was a bit of a scary game for a lot of teams watching because the Titans looked terrible. They did. They, as a mate of mine said, they are probably the best one and five team this. Like in terms of the talent they've got, the talent. But they have the, got some players got some out. injuries, so that's the problem. And the next two weeks, they play Brisbane at Suncorp, yeah, and then Cronulla in um, Shark Park. Yeah, they so, could be one. They could be one and seven. Yeah, and just it's season over, mate. It's it's makes it hard. One and uh, seven, season over. Full credit to the Tigers. I can't believe it's taken us what fifteen minutes to get to them. Mm. They provided. Uh, a lot of their fans, a, a bright spot end of the week uh, or two weeks that they've their, had.
0: Their attitude won that, mate. That's what it was. Fourteen it
1: nil was. after fourteen minutes, they ended mm. up winning the game, twenty six sixteen. Cowboys, realistically, I they looked. It was a, it was almost a carbon copy of that game against Manly a few weeks back. Mm-hmm. Plenty of ball, plenty of chances to get back in the match, and yeah. just, oh, I, I don't even know what the right word to describe it is, but. Uh, apathetic is the one that I can think of. There's just not that... Des- oh, desire is not the right word. The intensity to, to take the chances when they were there just wasn't... It wasn't evident from them. And now they don't have JT for the next month or so. Yeah, they're going to they're struggle without him. I, I just think that the Tigers um,
0: showed what they are capable of um, and and full credit to them for that. Um, and I think uh, Cleary has, has simplified their game plan. Um, and, uh, yeah, I... I full credit to them I just I hope they've got more of it in them
1: exactly uh, quickly on the last two games of the round we've already touched on the fact that the Sharks won what was evidently the uh, grand final rematch apparently uh, against the how uh, many times did they say that today on Fox? well uh, my flatmate was keeping count uh, 14 or 15 times Brenton Speed referred to the fact that there was a it was a grand final replay rematch that mm. they played in the grand final last year Luke mm. Lewis was a Clive Churchill medal winner at least three times mm. I, I wasn't sure if they had played before but evidently they had they had last year uh, September October actually, but October. If you know, sorry. just listen to Brenton, he would have told Terrible. you. Uh, and the other game was the uh, Warriors winning twenty-two to twenty, twenty-two to ten over the, the Eels. Good effort. I really want to point out two things in this game just before we get off uh, round number six, and that is mm. the Eels were down by six points with twenty to go, and they kept kicking for touch and slowing the game down. Mm. Then they got twelve points down with ten to go, and kept kicking for touch to slow the game down. Mm. It looked it, like it had to be a coaching directive. I can't. it, it just it didn't scream. Oh, the player has just seen what's in front of him, kicked it out. It was just like this is the plan. Yeah. They ended up getting beaten twenty two to ten and I I don't know. That was a that was a very average display from them. Didn't help to lose Bevan French before the game. But yeah. the other part of this was I don't know if you saw it, Coltsmith, but I just encourage everybody to look at the two obstruction well one that wasn't a try and one that was a try. Mm. Involving Ryan Hoffman running straight into Brad Zuckerangi. Yep. And then the other one which was um uh was the guy that ran into Sean Johnson. Jennings, ran, to, ran, Jennings ran into Sean Johnson. Yeah. I'm not going to put the audio on this podcast because I think we just we need to move on. Mm. But I just want to leave you with the interpretation of how the BDRF judged these two decisions. Mm-hmm. The first one, he spoke about how the fact that uh, the player that scored the try, which was Mannering, had caught the ball on the outside shoulder of uh, Hoffman as he ran through, and then yep. that was try. Yep. Didn't even mention the contact between... Hoffman and Takarangi. Mm-hmm. And then he went and referred to the next one where Jennings had run into Johnson. Yep. The ball was caught on the outside shoulder once again, but he didn't even mention that. He directly t- focused on the fact that Jennings had run straight into Johnson. Mm. My head explodes when I think about that that's the two reasons why this try was given and one wasn't given. Mm. Yet if you look at the contact between Brad Takarangi and Ryan Hoffman compared to the contact between Jennings and Johnson, mm. it's not even close. Mm. Ryan Hoffman runs as fast and as hard as he can into Takarangi. Yeah. And because Takarangi doesn't fall backwards and go 85 metres back, which, to be honest, I actually expected Takarangi probably to do, <laughs> it's not even referred to. It, it blew my mind. Now, you saw... I don't want to spend a long time on this, but mm. is that how you saw it?
0: It's exactly how I saw it. Um, but, mate, it's, it's, it's forever been the bane of a coach and players is the consistency of the, the officialdom. Um, and, and it's... Quite often, it's the... Um, you know, if, if a if a player punches another player, um and that player bleeds profusely, um, or gets an injury, a broken nose or something like that, then then the puncher gets a longer sentence. Mm. If the the bloke who gets punched doesn't look like he even felt it, then it's almost play on. Um so yeah, it's um it's always it's always about the uh, the reaction. I think this
1: one. If you if you want to go and look at them, you can find them online. I'm sure. But those did my head in. Uh, after the break, we'll talk about um, a oh, just a, a sensational game in the dark uh, sometime on the weekend.
2: And look, 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 look! I'm not
0: even shooting you. It's crazy, and I'm spent.
1: Not the footy show. Sure. All right, Coxmith, Smith. Uh, Some interesting developments happened during the week and uh, you got pulled off a game that you were looking forward to watching, your mighty Red V uh, take on Manly at uh, Brookvale Oval. Instead,
0: I was seconded.
1: You went out to St Mary's. What was happening there? Big game out there. It was the
0: the New South Wales Cup, um, Penrith side, took on the mighty Knights from Newcastle. Uh, and the reason I was seconded was because of um, three players: Moylan, Matt Moylan, Wanga Blake, and Patahiku, who were all dropped to reserve grade for breaking team protocol, which I think we touched on mm. uh, at the end of the last podcast. Um, There's also Viliame kick out as well, which don't uh, tell me he got
1: kicked off the team. Kick out, kicked off.
0: Um, Sorry, that was horrible. Yeah, uh, and they played, and they all played very well, but um, yeah, Penrith. Penrith lost, unfortunately. Uh, apparently, they're leading the comp, to, and Newcastle aren't. Um, mm. And uh, apparently, Moreland and Co will be back this week. Um,
1: should they be there, based on what you saw on the uh, weekend? Should they be where back, back in back in first grade? Oh, they're they all all three
0: or four of those guys are way above the New South Wales Cup class. Did they um, make that impact though? Is yeah, I'm yeah, they did. Um, they did. I, I, I think Hiku. And Wong and Blake scored. I don't think Moylan did, if I
1: remember correctly. It was pretty dark. I couldn't see much in front well, of Well, that was the, my main question. Is <laughs> what, what was the deal? Is it just the poor quality compared to NRL grounds? What's the... What's oh, th- at St. Mary's, mate, there's, um, you know, rather than a bank... Isn't of, it a nice... Isn't it, I thought it was a nice facility out there. It is in the
0: daylight, but okay. there's the... the um, <laughs> instead of a, a bit bank... bit like my face. Uh, <laughs> Actually, no. I, the way. night's better for me. Other Sorry. Way. Sorry. Yeah, rather than have big banks, banks of light, they've got like training lights. Okay. Um, and um, it was just weird to see a, a kangaroo and and um, you know club captain and, and a new South South Wales Origin player, uh, and a Kiwi, yeah, and yeah. a Kiwi um, lining up in front of 150 um, fans and uh, not much light. It was just strange. That's now, it. as a photographer, I'm going to get technical for a mm-hmm. second here.
1: How do you adjust if the light's bad? Oh, you just
0: just turn the ISO up on the digital camera, mate, um, and maybe drop a little bit of shutter speed out of it. Uh, but it's dark is dark. There's not much you can do one, yep. once it gets to that, that point. I just, um, it, yeah, like I say, it was just strange to see them in that environment. It was strange to shoot Matt Moylan with a bare hill behind
1: him and, and nothing else and, yeah. and trees. and. Uh, Mind you, that's pretty much sometimes when he's playing an away game, I don't know, at the Gold Coast or... Um uh, Manly, or something. There's no one else behind him on the stands. I uh, yeah. a bit harsh on Manly. They actually had decent crowds this year, yeah. but you know my point. Uh, yeah. But yeah, interesting that they uh, will come back this week. They, mate, they'll all come back this week, 100. percent And I don't think, um,
0: I don't think Gus will would let that happen for any longer than that. I think he's okay to send a message, but after that, they want to win some games, and um, they need more, Um especially when they've got the likes of Cartwright and Peachy out, who apparently are very close to both coming back this week. Okay. Um, so.
1: Uh, Penrith will will definitely benefit from that. Okay, after the break, we'll uh, get looking at the uh, underappreciated Mitchell Moses. Mitch, the
0: again, mate. It was a tough week for yourself. Uh, how was it leading into the game? How was it hard to prepare for this game with all the controversy that, uh, that's been going on the last couple of days?
2: Um,
1: not so much. I probably I wanted to prove a few people wrong, and um, you know we did that by beating beating the Cowboys. Uh, close to the best team in the comp and, you know, I, I think it it kind of got me up for the game a bit more. I was, I was really fired up before the game and, and wanted to prove a lot of people wrong and, um, you know, really really got out to that good lead and, and was in the ship. I think we completed 90% early in the game but then, you know, it fell away. But, um, you know, if, if anything, it got me up for the game even more.
2: Mitchell, it's Vonnie again. Uh, where mentally are you at now that you know that your future won't be at the West Tigers?
1: Um, it's, you know, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to put in... Every performance I have with the Tigers, you know, it showed tonight that, you know, I wasn't giving up on the boys at all, you know. I'm still here to play footy, and and that's what I'm going to focus on, and I'm going to rip in every week. All right, Smith, it is time to talk about Mitchell Moses' decision to uh, sign a three-year deal with Parramatta. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt now that that is happening. Uh, There's been enough speculated and and talked about that he signed and he's spoken glowingly about... um, the Parramatta Club, and Arthur's referred... It's, anyway, it's happening. That's, that's the bottom line. It is happening. Mitchell Moses will be a Parramatta Eel as of, well, as long as he next doesn't, year?
0: As long as he doesn't backflip on the 10-day cooling off.
1: Well, has the 10-day thing already happened? That's the question. Well, I don't think so. I don't think so. I well, don't think so. the reason we wanted to talk about this, and we've, we've obviously touched on him in the last couple of episodes, and that's just the nature of the new cycle in Rugby League, but he won't be a Tiger. Now, speaking of Tigers, one of the three Tigers that probably come to mind when I say baumean Tigers, and I'd say that it would be Steve Roach. Yes. Paul Syrenan. Correct. Who would be the third one you'd speak about? I'd say Benny. baumean Benny Elias, or also known as Backdoor, but... Why? I I'd have no idea. just came off the tongue when... Uh, uh, what's his <laughs> name? <laughs> believe Birmingham was... Uh, I know why. Uh, interesting. Uh, anyway, Benny Elias has come out in the Telegraph and... I'm just going to read you what he said. This is in the wake of the announcement from the Tigers that they had withdrawn their contract offer Mm -hmm. and they're going to focus on Tedesco and Woods as their main priorities. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to come out and say what he said. This was to the Telegraph, Steen Ritchie. Uh, Mitchell was forced out. Of course he's upset. He loves the club. He loves the place. He loves everything about the Tigers. He wanted to stay. My heart bleeds because I love the Tigers, but I understand why the kid did what he did. He was forced into a corner. He was told by the hierarchy that he wasn't a priority. Mitchell didn't have much choice. I'm disappointed. Of course I'm disappointed. Like any other Tiger supporter, the club made a stance in their press release stating they wanted to make Woods and Tedesco a priority and they withdrew Mitchell's offer. You can understand what the young man did, his position, and his urgency to do the right thing for himself and his future. You can understand why he wanted an immediate exit. Have a look at the statement. They said they were withdrawing his offer to focus on Tedesco and Woods. I'd be dejected and upset if I read that. I support Mitchell and his management 100%. Hmm. So he didn't really beat around the bush there in what he thought about it. Mm-hmm. But yep. my question to you, Coxsmith, is this is the same Benny Elias that stuck around at the Tigers in the years after they faded into obscurity in the early 90s. Yep. I honestly, I, I can't believe I'm reading that. I know that he's his nephew. I get that. But this is the Benny Elias that bled for Balmain. Yep. I'm, I'm stunned that he's about-faced on what I would Honestly, thought that Ben Elias would stand for in regards to the Tigers. I'm I'm stunned.
0: Like you just said, it's his nephew. It's blood. Um, I think Benny is talking with his heart and not his head. From a family point of view, um, look, I I don't dislike Mitchell Moses. I've never met him. I don't believe, yeah. um, but I, I get the I get the feeling that that Mitchell has been brainwashed into thinking that he's better than he is. He's been brainwashed into thinking that. He is one of the best 5'8s in the competition. And um, I think his ego was hurt when they signed Brooks first, even though, yeah. like Benny says, they withdrew the offer. So they had made an offer, but they withdrew it after they'd signed Brooks and also after Kronk came on the market and, and Foreign. You know, there's been a lot of reasons why they withdrew it, as well as a Tedesco and, and, and Woodsy thing. Yep. But if Mitchell had to just sign the, the the contract that he which was given, which, if you
1: were brought to believe, was more money.
0: than was a he, signed, a year. That he signed at Parramatta. Uh, well, apparently the one at Parramatta is seven fifty a year. He was, he was, you know, and that's why they're all saying now oh, it's not about the money. It, oh, it's a whole lot about didn't the ego. Find that quite. I think. I, th- I think it's a whole lot about the ego, and he would. He he's annoyed that um, that they signed Brooks first. Um, I you know I wish only the best for, for young Moses. Mm-hmm. I know he can play. Um, but he 's asking for more than what he 's worth. He still made silly errors last night. he still made terrible decisions at the end of ta- sets of tackles yep. um, he still didn 't play the the game that a million dollar player plays he He was not you know he he didn 't play as good as Mitchell Pierce did in in the game the night before um or two nights before yep. uh, so asking for that kind of money you know is is um is ridiculous and And as for wanting to leave the Tigers immediately, I'd say get over yourself, mate. I mean, you signed a contract, just because now you're not happy because they've signed someone else, you're throwing your toys out of the pram, just knuckle down and do what you did the other night and play a decent game of football and try and get the Tigers up the ladder. I mean, as it is now, there are only three wins. Yeah. With all things being equal, if they win three more games in the next three weeks, they're in the eight, you know, which is you know, it's early in the season. They, they, they can still save their season. They've signed a new coach. They, they're they trying to get some stability in the club. If Mitchell and Woodsy and Tedesco and Brooks and all of those other blokes that play in that team every week, if they all aim up like they did uh, on um, Saturday night against yep. the Cowboys, they will win more games and they will lose. Uh, but this is all just... All this ego that's gotten in the way, all because someone has convinced... Mitchell Moses, that he's worth more than than um, what
1: the tiger. Well, the Tigers are going to pay him a million. But well, this is that's the, this is the point I was going to follow up you with is mm. that if they were willing to pay him a million, and again, this is just speculation. It's ridiculous though. So. That and wouldn't then he have signs been approved.
0: for two fifty. That's not approved by Cleary, mate. I'll what, tell you now. What stuns million.
1: me about that is that it looks like this decision has been forced because he's angry about losing two hundred and fifty grand a year. Yeah. Well, of course he's. But that's whose fault's that? What's his fault. That's not the club's he fault. He could have signed he that contract. He could have contract. signed that contract. The contract. So, so this, this, that's what I'm saying. This, this line from, from Benny about, you know, they forced... No, you forced yourself into a corner because you didn't take the money Absolutely. when it was sitting there and he, staring in the face. Absolutely. Again, allegedly, because we don't know for certain. Well, we don't know for certain, but we know what we've heard. From what Benny says, that's what's yeah. happened.
0: Well, Benny says that, that um, Benny says that the contract was withdrawn. So there was a contract. Yeah. Why didn't he just sign it? You know, if you, if you, if you love online. the club and if you really want to be at the it's club, just, oh. if you love the club, you really want to be at the club, and you're offered a contract, what's the problem? Just sign it. You know, it's not as if there's not as if they are trying to sign him for hundred grand a year. No, um, but look, I, I I really hope that that Mitchell stays for the year. I really hope he performs to the best of his ability for the year and doesn't turn it up and just you know half assed plays a game. I, I really hope he just knuckles down. Um, and plays the best he can. I hope he improves with this extra impetus, you know, this this extra drive to prove himself for Parramatta and yep. and their fans. They they should be looking forward to getting him, you know, um, based on his based on on his performances other than the other night to this this year. I don't think they'd be looking forward to getting him all that much, um, you know. I, I I can see he's got a lot of potential. Uh, he comes from he comes from a a, a great rugby league family, but. Um, all of that doesn't make a player. You have to have yeah. effort. You, when you when you run across that white line on the way out to the field, you have to change into a bloke that wants to perform for his for his pride. You have to be have have a, have a, have pride to play for your jersey and your, for your teammates. You look left and right. You look at those blokes, and you've got to you know not just run around the park. You're there to 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 do the right thing. And I, I really I really really hope that that Mitchell makes. Um, the right decision and stays with the Tigers at least
1: for this year. Yeah, well, he's come out. He was interviewed after the um, the game on Fox Sports, and I'm just going to go with his quotes uh, from that. Uh, to Fox Sports. Uh, he was talking about Ivan Cleary coming to the club. and He says he brought a lot of calmness to the club. He just wanted to do, us to do the simple things. I think we played outstanding. I wanted to prove a few people. I wanted a few pe- a few people wrong, and we did that by beating the Cowboys. I was really fired up for the game. Wanted to prove people wrong. I'm going to try and put in in every performance I have for the Tigers left. I showed tonight, I'm not giving up. And there are his quotes. Now, that pretty much <laughs> sort of sounds like he's staying, but the key element of that was, uh, I'm going to try and put in, in every performance I have for the Tigers. So that's a little mm. bit open-ended. Yeah, it's a little open-ended. Some people think that he's played his last game for the Tigers. And... Well, this is it, because who do they play next, Cocksmear? They play Parramatta. Though. They play Parramatta on uh, Easter Monday. Mm,
0: mm. Um, look, I, I think... If, if it was me, I would make him stay. I wouldn't give him I a agree. release. Yep. And if, if he said that I'm not going to play, I'd say, great. Well, we're not going to release you. Um, but you will be playing, and it'll be for our feeder club or whoever. Go and play in the park. We'll pay you your 400 or whatever we're paying you this year. You're just not going to play for anyone else. Yep. We're just not going to let you play for it anyone else. It doesn't
1: help the Tigers one iota. I think you've got to stick go.
0: No, not at all. They haven't got someone better to replace him. Um, and I think you've got to make players responsible for what they've signed. The easy way would be to let him go, but let's say the Tigers do perform well and they let him go, and then there's a playoff for eighth against Parramatta and he blitzes. Yeah. Doesn't Ivan and Co look clear? Ivan and Co. Ivan and Co. That's
1: that's his coaching uh, business, (laughs) Ivan and
0: Co. Doesn't Ivan and Co look silly uh, if that happens? You know, like it's... uh, uh, it's, it's very much a make him stay. Well, make speaking
1: him stay. of um, silly, mm-hmm. that interview on Fox Sports was rather interesting <laughs> viewing. Uh, I don't know if you were watching out there, everybody, but uh, Jason Taylor was uh, on the couch as part of the expert panel across Super Saturday, and um, mm-hmm. when they threw to Mitchell Moses, what was the one thing you noticed about that Mitchell Moses interview? Well, I noticed America?
0: that there were three blokes on the couch. I believe it was Braith. It was JT, as in, uh, as in uh, Jason Taylor, and the other fellow was... Was it, I thought it was I thought it was Gaznia. Gaznia? Maybe it was. I Look, could be was, wrong. So three we were paying attention, got, though, clearly. Two, were, two, two of them were definitely JT and Braith and Aster. The thing I noticed was when they, they asked three questions when they put the headphones on, on Mitchell Moses, and two of them were asked by Braith, uh, and one of them was asked, asked by uh, Gaznia. Um, but JT... We didn't, didn't hear a peek Not a word. Not now,
1: a word that was, I think, good. Yeah, I don't think that's even. I, I actually found it hard to watch because mm. I knew I just thought, "What's going to be said here?" Because I mean, the comment about what they asked in point blank, what did Cleary bring to the club that yep. Jason hadn't, and he answered that. That was the first question. But the il- element to that that I wonder is that do you reckon Mitchell Moses knew that Jason oh. Taylor was back there in this year. I reckon he had no idea whatsoever. Like,
0: in a way, like kind of like when you see a car crash and you rubberneck. Oh. In a way, I was thinking to myself if he doesn't know that JT's on the couch and he hears JT's voice, what's he going to do? I know. (laughs) Throw the headphones on the ground?
1: Well, he never asked him a question. (laughs) It was never acknowledged. Uh, Mitchell said thanks very much and was away. Mm. What I thought was interesting, they then asked Jason, what did you make of that performance? Yeah. And one of the things he said, I don't have the audio of it, but this is what he said. He he, he goes, well, that's what I know that they're capable of. Yeah. Yeah. And, And I understand it's been a week, so it's... And, and look I left the NRL at the end of last year I'm still sometimes saying we mm-hmm. it's just something that actually I was very proud of myself the other night I actually was talking to a guy who works there and I said uh, how are you guys going uh, <laughs> instead of how are we I was like hey yeah, I'm on very, the outside I was very very proud of myself yeah. uh, but he actually you could tell it was a really hard thing to let go that you know, this is the team that he'd been developing good, bad or indifferently yep. for the last two years mm-hmm. and to see him pull out that performance the week after he let go mm. that's a gut punch
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. But um, the weirdest thing for me about all that is, the, I know he's got to get back into the, to, to the workforce, if you like. Even though he got paid out this year, it's weird him just Weiss being. Why straight away? What, he's back early. I would have thought. You know what I mean? It's, uh, it's a little bit strange. You know, That's
1: the decision that Fox evidently made.
0: Fox can make whatever decision they like. It's their their business. But um, yeah, it's just a bit a bit of a strange one for me. But good on him. He's back on the horse and. Uh, I know he might be coming to a club near you soon to coach your team. Look
1: at this side now, Peter. He can throw a doily over him. Decoy provided by Go for puts the kick in. Ian Herron's coming. For the Newcastle Knights right now, 12 points to nil. Heron has had two kicks from this side of the ground for two successful attempts.
2: It's we have a closer look shortly. Heron's kick. Will that swing around? Not this time. Andrew Johns over the top. Simon kicking inside the 40. And now Davis has got a bit of work to do here. The bounce stood up and comes back Parramatta's way, and a chance there for Heron.
1: And he put the dustiest of attempts in, in trying to kick it past Robbie O'Davis. Well, I'll tell
0: you what, if Ian Heron was onside, and that seems to be the ruling, it was more than just a, a chance for them. He's way onside, he's 15 metres onside. They almost should have scored for this. If he'd have got any sort of kickback on the inside, Paul carriage was there, so too Carl Lovell.
1: Well,
0: I'll tell you what, Manchester United won't be in a hurry to sign him up.
1: Huh? Simon. Now pay. He's got difficulties outside. Smut in the tackle, able to upload from the crack, and then pick hands for carriage. Now they're away
2: from Lovell. he's got Heron on his outside, and Heron is on his way for turn number three. How matter. Some scintillating football from the Eels.
0: Don't dare say they are back. Uh, let's sit here and watch this all afternoon. Let's watch one of the great wingers in flight, Ian Heron. Look at him go. Uh, get it down, Chuck. Ian Heron. Just back
1: in the side, it does lift the confidence of this team. Wow, Coxsmith, we, uh, last week we had the uh, the joys, the triumphs, the tribulations of one Eon Crossan. Loved him. As I remembered him uh, this year. This week. Mm-hmm. I did have a request, I remembered from the old famous WhatsApp group that I've been told, unfortunately, buddy, you can't join if you don't play fantasy.
0: Mm. Looks like I'm not joining. Yeah,
1: so, boys in the Amco Cup, I'm sorry, you, you've, 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 you've rubbed a... Oh, I won't say it. Uh, <laughs> anyway, we're talking about Ian Heron, uh, Was known as Ian Chook Heron. He really came in at about the same time as good old uh, Eon Crossan. They were. This guy is not a Kiwi. No. People. Some people actually thought they were all these uh, wingers that couldn't play football but could kick were all Kiwis. Yeah. Not the case no. because as we unveil the career that was of Ian Heron, mm-hmm. there is a bombshell here, and not the Footy Show. Well, we were, Cox- to-
0: we were talking about this before we. Before we, you know, hastily decided that Chook was going to be the uh, the victim of the week, Um, yes, he's another blonde goal kicking winger who had trouble with defence.
1: But But gee, he could wear those torpedo pants well, couldn't
0: he? Yeah. Well, when I first met Chook, he wasn't wearing them because no, no, he was not wearing the torpedo padded pants. Um, I actually went to school for a year with Ian Heron. Wow, uh, I can't tell you the year because I'm doing the maths, but uh, it. Wa- I was in third class at Carlton South Public School with Ian Heron, um, and I wasn't allowed to play rugby league back then. My mum wouldn't let me. Um, I was I was a bit of a baby kid, you know, mm. a helicopter mother, um, but I do remember he he played five eight for our teams, our, te- our school team, Carlton South Primary. And um, the jerseys that we had were St George Dragons jerseys, or or in the the red V. Um, And yeah, I I don't third class for me was a long time ago, as it was (laughs) for Chook, born in 1971. So, but yeah, he played he played in the number six for our um, for our school, and uh, I never saw them play, um, but I know that they went all right. And um, there were a couple of uh, St George reps, um, lower grade reps, in that team as well, if I remember correctly. Yep. Um,
1: but yeah, that's, uh, that's the bombshell. Yeah, not as exciting as I thought it was going to be, no. but we'll get to his career now. He made his debut in 1990 uh, in round number 20 against the, uh, the Gold Coast. He came off the bench. Yep. Uh, now, just you know, to give you some idea of some of the, the luminaries that he uh, played against that day. Peter Benson, Clinton Moore, another former Dragon. Mm. Uh, Brett French, uh, Troy McCarthy, Mark Ross, Robert Grogan, Paul Shaw. And that was the back line. I mean, that's just household names to luck. Absolutely. And keeping um, Ian Herron out of first grade that, that week uh, was Michael Potter, fantastic footballer, Ricky yeah. Walford, Michael Beatty, Mark Coyne. Yeah. Ron Williams. Who's Ron? Who is Ron? Now, if you're listening out there right now and you know who Ron Williams is, call. In. you're doing better Send than us an email. I honestly... I, I literally have opened this as of, as we're recording. Click on Ron Williams. I'm going to click on Ron Williams on the great website rugbyleagueproject.org. Yeah, let's see how many games he played. He oh. played a grand total of six, six. first grade games. He six more than Two me. tries. He debuted in 1990. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, <laughs> Ron Williams. It's almost turned from Ian Heron to the Ron Williams show. Yep. But he made that debut, and you know, that's, that's his first foray. But then he ended up playing. Not, he didn't play first grade again until 1992, and um, mm-hmm. that year ended in a grand final appearance against the Broncos. where it did. He lost. Kicked none from two, and they lost 28 points to eight. Was but that
0: the year that Brian Smith, Brian Smithy Smith, was that the year that, it was either that year or the year after, where he grabbed a champagne bottle and, and took a couple of the boys into the, into the shower cubicles and popped the champagne bottle just to say, oh, I wanted to see what it felt like? It was one of those years. I'm telling you your right story, now.
1: Your story, not mine. Smithy,
0: <laughs> Smithy, who never won a, a grand final. Let me uh, reiterate. Yeah,
1: well, this is the, this is the first grand final. They, the the year later, they got a bit closer. Yeah, I think it might have been the the year later, but yeah,
0: uh, they lost a couple of grand finals, and then and then who did he go and play for? So was- he,
1: he played obviously in '92, '93. <coughs> yep. um, I think he scored all their points in that grand final in '93. If yeah. I can just get the website to to work for me. Uh, no, yes, I can. Uh, when they lost yeah he's got all th- all three goals in their 14 points to 6 loss then but in 94 he played 12 games mm. in 95 he played 5 games and then he was a like just a marquee signing for the Sydney Tigers the Sydney Tigers oh, now do you remember the reason why we ended up with the Sydney Tigers oh uh, i don't know
0: probably, probably someone owned the Balmain name
1: no it, it was actually a Dawn marketing Fraser it was a them. marketing ploy Right. Well, uh, oh, that's
0: right. The Sydney Roosters, the Sydney Bulldogs, the I think, Sydney.
1: I'm just going to look it up as this comes up. Mm. So, uh, yes. Yeah.
0: They finished second
1: last. <laughs> no, 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 that was. Here we go. Uh, that year, there was the uh, the Sydney City Roosters, mm. uh, the Sydney Tigers. Now, I'm trying to remember, did they become the Sydney Bulldogs that year? The Canterbury? I think one, one of those years, they definitely became the Sydney Bulldogs, if you recall. Yeah. yeah. It was just this idea that, you know, we'll lose the suburban names because yeah. no one knows what it is and mm. we'll call them Sydney and Sydney and Sydney because yeah. the Tigers that year in 96 if I recall correctly and you know, I'm just going to well, they uh, finished 12th I think didn't they load I it up uh, I think from memory they actually played their home games at Parramatta Stadium and That'll I was right. actually at yep. this game that we're opening up right now. Mm. This is 1996. This of is course uh, you're at that game. Canberra, uh, Canberra 28, Sydney Tigers 10. Yeah. Not even the might of Sydney could knock over my Raiders that mm-hmm. day. Mm-hmm. But i got a story about this one. Go on. So I'm sitting there in the halfway line, my brother, he's a Tigers fan. So, you know, this was one of those ones where, you know, we're pretty excited to go and watch. And obviously I was pretty confident Canberra would win because, you know, mm-hmm. it was the Tigers. And there's this um, elderly couple sitting behind us and a... Evidently it was his their son, he would have been in his fifties or whatever it was, and he was just verbally bashing the ref the whole game. Yeah. Mum One dad are sitting next One to of him. Those blokes. Anyway, I celebrated Canberra scoring. I don't know, Steve Collins might have scored the try if you remember who that guy is. He I turned around Wayne and Collins. told me to something the something up. He told you to shut the Yes, because I was supporting my team. Right. Know, I, I How was, old were you? I was... Oh, what day we got there? 96. I was 16. Yeah. I was 16 then. There you go, everybody. You Ain't would you have been
0: it? a precocious little turd. No.
1: <laughs> Thanks, mate. <laughs> I reckon.
0: I probably would have told you as
1: well. <laughs> you probably would have. Yeah. That, that day, my respect for my brother, just went through the roof. Well, what did he do? He's six years old. He was 22. Yeah. He t- sat up to the bloke, didn't swear at him. Mm. He just said, you sit down, mate, with mum and dad.
0: Whoa. <laughs> right
1: so I didn't okay. want to go. Yeah, that's fair enough. That's a bit harsh because you know that's all I had was going to the football. But yeah, he he, he stood up for me that day. Good didn't on Do him. it again. Any rest What's of his your life. brother's name? Um, his name's Russell. Russell. Good on you, Russ. Yeah. So he looked after. He, and I, I wasn't a tiny sixteen-year-old. I'm not a mm. tiny thirty-six-year-old now. But he um he looked out for me. And we were one of only ten thousand five hundred and forty-one people there. Does the, the does movie. Russ
0: listen to the podcast?
1: <laughs> he wouldn't know what an iPhone. I think he has an iPhone, but mm. he literally turns it on and calls people on it. That's pretty right. much the extent of his... Uh, tell him
0: to get on it and leave us a review.
1: <laughs> yeah, we'll get to those reviews soon. Okay, so Chook Heron. Chuck Heron, I mean, this is what happens. We don't prepare people. We basically just end up going Jibber. to a league project and talk about um, so getting he, abused by 60-year-olds. He ended up going to Parramatta yeah. though the next year. Yep. And he had some success. They um, they really should have done better in 97, Parramatta. Mm. And then he ended up playing one more game in 1998. Yep which was the major semi against Brisbane. Would you, would you have picked that as his last game in, 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 in NRL?
0: Was he injured? He must have been injured all
1: year. Possibly, but he ended up kicking uh, three from four in the, um, the major semi against Brisbane. As uh, Good on him. I think Parramatta ended up... That was the only loss Brisbane had in that semifinal series because they ended up winning the comp that year. But okay. Ian Heron, look, my memories of him as a player, because mm. we've been waffling on for long enough anyway, he, he was limited. I, mean, I reckon he was possibly a little bit more... Talented than Eon Cross and it wasn't by much. He was he was better with the ball in his hands than he him, was. He for wasn't sure. the worst defensive player in the entire world because he was a big body. Yeah. Um tall. but he wasn't quick. I mean Eon Crosson had him covered. Yeah, he wasn't speed. fast. He wasn't. fast. Uh, and at the end of his career, uh Heron kicked one hundred and seventy eight goals from two hundred and forty nine attempts at seventy one point five percent. Pretty good, yep. The most impressive thing here is he actually won 44 uh, games and lost 30 games for a 60% winning record you in go. first grade. You'd take that in any day of the week, wouldn't you? Yeah,
0: bring him back. No, let's well,
1: not bring him back. Very sure he did. So there we go, Ian Herron, uh, and as in the magic of podcast world, i now... Have to go and find some highlights on YouTube. So there better be a highlight, Cocksmith, because you chose the inherent on the <laughs> basis of your amazing uh, Carlton South uh, third grade story. Thanks, Ian. So uh, this segment, it's gone tremendous, second week in a row. After the break, we'll talk about the Australian team and see if we can actually make some sense then.
0: Let's watch one of the great wingers in flight. Ian Heron, look at him go. Uh, get it down, Chuck. Ian Heron, just going back in the side. It, it does lift the confidence of this Parramatta team.
1: <laughs> All <right>. Sorry. Sorry.
0: F***ing <laughs> Ian Heron. <laughs> He's, he stumped us.
1: Oh, <laughs> f***. Okay, ready? Mm-hmm. Nobody cares, Sean. Nobody cares. Not oh, show. Show? All right, Coxmith, compose yourself. I know you just love talking about Ian you never th- I bet you never thought the last time you ever shot him. Now, you would have shot him, wouldn't you? I did, yeah. I can't we back on Ian Heron already. But you would have shot him, wouldn't you, at least? I did, yeah. I, sh- I
0: probably shot him a few times playing for Parramatta. I don't remember the Sydney Tigers. I, I don't remember. Would you ever have thought you'd be talking about him again? No. Nah, some 20-odd years later? Never. Never. He's probably a tremendous fella. I don't, I don't know him these days, obviously. I you know, went to school with him as a third grader, but yep, that's good. We've done, Ian. Next.
1: Yeah, <laughs> He wouldn't have made an Australian squad, but there is an Australian squad to be picked. I
0: think You know what? I think he played Australian schoolboys.
1: Yeah, you, you read that on the Rugby Project site. Oh, did I? I no. Oh, I, he knew it in '85 no. apparently.
0: Okay, let's move on. Let's go to the real Australian squad.
1: <laughs> well, there, there, is a, there is a spot potentially for him because I think, as we all know, Inglis is out for the year, Matty Scott's out for the year, and it looks like Jonathan Thurston won't play in the Test match, if yeah. he's done the calf, as expected. So there are yeah. at least three spots yep. from the, the Four Nations team that took out the final last year. Now, quickly, I'm going to go through that side. Yep. It was Boyd, Ferguson, Inglis, Dugan, Holmes, Thurston, Cronk, Scott, Smith, Woods, Cordner, Gillette, Merrin, and the bench was Morgan, Clemmer, Frizzell, and Shannon Boyd. Yep. Now, if you want to go with the absolute certainties, I think that are going to be there come um, May, I think it's May six, May 5th or 6th, I think it's in Canberra, mm-hmm. uh, Boyd will be there. I think Holmes will be there yep. because I think he played well enough in that. And I think Mao will be very, um, what's the word, loyal to those yes. guys in the yep. job. For sure. Uh, Cooper Cronk will be there. Cameron Smith will be there. Woods will be there. Cordner will be there. Gillette will be there. I think Morgan will definitely be there. Yep. Clemmer uh, will definitely be there. Mm-hmm. Frizzell will be there. That leaves a few players, I think, that are under a bit of pressure to to hold their spots. Now, those guys, as far as I'm concerned, are Ferguson and Dugan. Yeah. Mainly because Ferguson, again, has been playing center, not the wing. Yeah. Dugan currently out with a hamstring strain. If he's back, he wants to be back for the uh, the uh, Anzac Day game against the uh, Roosters. Yeah, No guarantee of that happening. That's in two weeks' time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trent Merrin, I think, is under a bit of pressure given just the start of his year. I think he played outstandingly, though, in that series. So I think he'll hold it, but he's under pressure anyway because I think just the amount of uh, back rowers that are playing well at the moment. I think Shannon Boyd's under a bit of Bit of pressure as well to hold his spot. As good as he was last year, mm. I think that's a that's an area where he's under a bit of pressure. Yeah. Now, the guys who went on that tour last year who w- didn't make the final, it's quickly worth mentioning who they are. It was James Maloney, Matt Moylan, Jake Troboevich, Justin O'Neill, Josh Mansour, and Sam Thiday. Now, Thiday would have definitely been in that finals team. Yep, for uh, sure. He was injured. I think he smashed his cheekbone. Mm. Uh, O'Neill obviously is injured, and not, Mansour is injured as well at the moment, so they both won't be considered. Yep. The other players who played in the May test match was James Tamau and Samir Druder. Drager won't be there because Mao said he won't pick him. Mm-hmm. But Tamo sorry, um, I don't think he'll be there. But he, by nature of just being involved in the test match the year before, is a chance. This is where we go into the areas who can fit into where. Now, if we say that Dugan and Ferguson hold their spots because of what Mao decided to do last year, yeah, that if leaves us. They, that's they that leaves us with one spot in the three quarter line. Yeah. Probably, I would imagine, on the wing, because so I think he'll play Ferguson in the centres. Well, Slater gets it. Does Slater get it come straight in the team? Yeah. Okay, so I think, does that mean Slater plays fullback and Boyd goes... We discussed this last two weeks ago, but I think the only other guy who you can look at, honestly, I reckon, going into the mix, is does he give Corey Oates a debut? He could do. He could do. He, does he, Dane Gagai get a chance? Although well, he hasn't played great for Newcastle, no, so he, he did best game on the weekend. But yeah, he, he did excel at Origin level for now. I know, but he's not going to get a chance. Uh, Tom Trebouvitch does he make just make a bolt from the blue? No. no. Then the other option is: does he pick a guy like Will Chambers and leave Ferguson on the wing? He could do. I think that's the strongest chance. No. I don't think Dylan Walker makes it. I don't think no. Jared Croker makes it, uh, especially given what they could do at 58. Yep. And I think the reason I'm saying I don't think he makes it is that um, I think James yeah. Maloney will be the the 5'8th and Cooper Cronk will be the halfback. That's how I think that they'll yeah, fill really- that spot. I don't think they'll pick Morgan at 6 and mm-hmm. leave Maloney out of the side. I think what Maloney did on the tour last year and the fact that he won the grand final and he also yeah. has played really good footy at the start of this year, Yeah, I just think I can see that being... If, if JT was out for the whole season, mm. I could see him trying something else Yeah, and thinking, okay, towards World Cup... Yeah. But this is I think this is a reward for James Maloney. I think he, I, record, I honestly think James Maloney will be the five eighth contest. I think
0: I think you're right, although the the only thing that might come into that is um Michael Morgan uh could go into five eighth and
1: play more forwards on the bench. Yeah, and, and either that or you put D C E on the bench. Well that's the that's the interesting thing, because remember Mao was the one that moved away from D C E at Queensland. Yeah.
0: Yeah, because he wasn't—he was playing a different game. He was running away from support and things like that. I think D.C. would probably fit into the team better these days. But then, what do you do with Maloney? I think he deserves his spot. He's a good goal kicker. Um, yeah, it's—it's. It's, look, this is going to be a really hard. He's—he's he's got a lot of problems because he's got so many good players and 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 potential players to pick from. Um, but I reckon Slater comes into the team. Yep. Um, and. Uh, yeah, I think you, you'll you probably find that um, Valentine Holmes... I'm not entirely sure Ferguson's going to make the team.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I think Valentine Holmes will maintain his position. I think Slater will go to the other wing. And your centres will be Dugan. And
2: Chambers.
0: Probably Chambers, Will Chambers, I yep. think. Uh, your halves, who were Thurston and Cronk,
1: will be either Maloney and Cronk or Morgan and Cronk. Yep. There's an opening at front row. Yeah, there is. Uh, and potentially Scott. two front row, front-row openings if, if Boyd misses out. Yep. The reason I say that I think Boyd misses out is I think Joshua Parley, who would have been in the touring squad, but he ended up pulling out injured before they went to Perth, mm-hmm. he comes back in the team. He's been playing great footy. He has. Uh, he, he'll, he'll, he'll be back in his side. And Sam Thiday is a favourite of Mal Meninger's, He'll be on the bench. And I think he'll be in the team as well. So that takes off those two spots, which then leaves you the only question of who then misses out. If you're anybody else into the team, hmm. you've got to drop either Merrin, Or Frizzell. So I don't think Clemens misses out. I don't think Gillette misses out. I think Corden misses out. And Woods doesn't miss out either.
0: I think uh, Frizzell will stay in the team. If anyone's going to be dropped, it'll be Merrin for probably not good reasons, um, other than possibly thinking that someone else can do the job better. I think Merrin has has had a really good tour. I think he's played really well. Um, But, you know, you've also got Vaughan. Who's been playing the house down at the Dragons? um, And I see you've got Fafita on the list. I don't think Mal will ever pick Fafita.
1: I don't think he will either, but he he has to be considered from our perspective, I guess.
0: Yeah, I don't think he's going to pick Fafita unless there's. I don't think Mal will have seen a big enough attitude change because of the short amount of time um, that's passed. I think if Fafita's going to make the Australian team, it'd take a couple. If he's going to make the Australian team this year or at the end of the year, it'll take a couple of injuries. Um, for him to push
1: his um, push his way in. But I don't see it happening for this mid-year test. Okay. Well, there we go, everybody. We've sort of gone through what we think is the, is the makeup. Uh You're going to disagree. You might see an entirely different team come uh, the t- end of Ma- uh, April when Mal picks the team. But I, I think what is good to know is that it won't be as strong as what it could be with the injuries we obviously had, but I don't think we're in a, in a horrible position to cover the losses of Inglis, Scott and, and Thurston. And I... <laughs> I might regret saying this in the future, but I don't think New Zealand, now two years sort of removed from being really dominant, not dominant is not the right word, but to being really strong at test level, they've got a few things to iron out over there uh, with, the, with the way their team comes together. Yeah, they do. Um, but you know,
0: the Kiwis are really, really good at at um, at surprise attacking us, pulling our pants down when we're not expecting it, and 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 they have got you know they've got the personnel that can do it, um, but. Look, I think I think this mid-year test, uh,
1: Australia will win. And I'll, I'll encourage all you people in Canberra or the surrounding areas, even if you're from Sydney, go and watch Test Footy. Oh, it's the best. You, it's great. Watching Australia, I'll be honest, I love watching Australia play rugby league more than any other team. You can give me Queensland, you South Wales, you can give me Origin, put it away. Mm-hmm. I want to watch Australia. I oh. want to see the best Australians play in the same team. Yep. That Perth test match last year yep. was so much fun to watch. because yeah. Yeah, It was just like, this is what rugby league should be how it should be played
0: i was in camp with the kiwis and um and jeez they treated me well and i i liked the kiwis a lot um and found myself actually um kind of going for the kiwis last year in <laughs> perth um yeah they got dominated but <laughs> um it. Geez, I hope they do They do well again this year. I, I'll, you know, I'm i actually going to camp for, with them for three days in, in Canberra. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, I wish them the best. They're a really good bunch of blokes and ladies over there. Yeah, Absolutely. Management.
1: Well, there you go. We've had a go at uh, the Australian team. And after the Broken Up the footy show, we go into surgery. Dr., Dr., Dr. Cox. Mangala. Not mm-hmm. the footy show. All right, we're back into uh, New South Wales chat with Dr. Yes. Cox. <laughs> Just take it away, mate. You want to talk origin, I'm over
0: it. I love origin. Does anyone know that? Um, Look, I just wanted to quickly talk about the spine of New South Wales today. I've had a a little bit of a a thought over the weekend. Um, I don't think with a straight face that Laurie Daly can pick Robbie Farrer. I really don't think that he can pick him. Um, And as good a player and as great a servant to New South Wales as Robbie has been... He's passed it. Um, he's 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 not even the first pick at Souths. Um, you know, I think if if you if you forced Madge to pick a hooker at Souths, he'd take Cook. Um, I think I think that I know that Laurie has said, and Sterlow, you know, being the selector or, or the advisor, has said that they don't want to pick anyone out of position, but they have done in the past. I I want them to consider Mitchell Pearce at hooker. And and I'll tell you why. I, I think he's you know he's got good acceleration. His defence has never been in question, yep. um, and he's got a great left to right pass as well as a right to left pass. Um, and I think that he could fill the role. Um, you know, and as I've mentioned on this podcast before, um, Andrew Johns played hooker for New South Wales quite a few times and um, did the job fantastically. I think the spine has to be uh, well. I'm going to give a couple of options here, but I think it has to be given no injuries. Tedesco at fullback, Moylan at 5'8", Maloney at halfback, and Pearce um, at hooker. Uh, if that if there's a couple of injuries, then I think Moylan goes to Moilan goes to fullback, um, and you'd possibly then have Mitchell in your halves. Um, but I still don't think you pick Robbie. I think you know I think Peter Wallace would probably be. Probably be better.
1: This is where I'll get into the conversation. Go on, get in. Jump I in. understand exactly what you're saying about everything in that point. Mm-hmm. You don't like until Wallace. Until You so. get to the Wallace point. Mm-hmm. If you're saying that you're going to play Mitchell Pierce off the bench, even which I think is what you sort of, I, I, you, I wouldn't start with Mitchell Pierce. I would. You would start Mitchell Pierce from the get at, go. At hooker. hooker in number nine. I'm happy for him to come off the bench. I think that's actually could be a really good because I think Mitchell Pierce is the kind of athlete mm. who could play in the center if you had to. So who do you you pick at nine? Who do you pick? I'd pick Robbie Farah. Now, the reason I'd say that is if if you're saying that you think you've got to get Pierce involved and I understand exactly what you're saying and I think Mm. that... Well, I even mentioned it a week or so ago about being a possibility. Mm. I think it adds something definitely off the bench rather than a Dylan Walker or whatever it does. Yeah. But those opening 20 minutes, I don't need Robbie Farah to be a world beater. Mm -hmm. I need to tackle. I don't need to get our forwards going forward. If Mm. that is the role that he has to play... I'm happy for him to play that and then you bring Mitchell Pierce on after 25 minutes or whatever you want to do. I don't want to start with Peter Wallace. Okay. In that role, trying to almost overdo it because it's my chance back in origin. Mm-hmm. Farah knows what Dully wants to do. I just think it's a mistake to move away from Farah entirely. Mm. I'm all for what you're saying in regards to bringing Pierce into the mix and, okay. and playing him for 40 minutes or even the last 55 minutes of the game, whatever you want to do. Mm. I just don't think he said well, the get better by dumping Robbie Farah entirely from the team.
0: Here's my, my opinion, and, and respectfully, I'll disagree with you. I, I, think, I think if, 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 if uh, Tedesco's at fullback and Moylan's at six and Maloney's at seven, um, let's just say that, let's say for argument's sake, those three guys are fit. I say we have four forwards on the bench. I say we have Mitchell Pearce at nine, and Mitchell Pearce knows how to get forwards going forward. His defence has never been in question. Um, he's as big as Robbie Farrer, um, possibly a little taller. I dare say he, might, he would be as, as heavy as Robbie Farah uh, Excuse me, as Robbie Farrer, um, mate. I think he's, you know, I've all, I've, have for a few years, I've been for for leaving him out of the team, um, but I think that would be his place. I think it'd be a great place for him. Um, but um, hey, if you want him on your bench, you're closer to Laurie Data than I am. Whatever.
1: I know where that came from. Uh, I just think that you, you, you're weak. I, I, Pierce can't play 80 minutes at hooker at origin level. You don't think? I just don't think it's, I don't think it's wise. But you think Robbie can? I'm not, not, I'm not saying that. Mm. That's what I'm not saying. But I, I, I want what Farah has within him. Mm. Like at the end of the day, if he's not playing 80 minutes at South and he's playing 40 minutes, mm. part of me almost then says, well, that means he's got a little bit more juice in the tank for origin. I think that's optimistic. They've I think become, the- I'm just saying I th- I think it's not he's not going to be he's not going to be a beaten up force come mm. come uh, June. Mm. It's, it, it's it's a positive I think in some respects for if you're going to change the and again we're not the selectors obviously it's of course not up to daily to what he wants to do and Sterlo. But I'm happy, <laughs> uh, senior Sterlo, mm-hmm. I'm happy to have Pierce in there, but I just think you get rid of Farah, and you you just undo a lot of the. The work I think that he's had the last two years with what has been a changing forward pack. Remember, the other thing that we have to consider in this whole mix mm. is that Paul Gallen is not there anymore, mm-hmm. and the biggest thing that Paul Gallen coming out of the team does is it frees up that first pass off the ruck yeah, in a massive way because he's no longer there demanding the ball.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, no, I totally agree with that. I think I think I'll I'll reluctantly agree with you to to the point um, where. It might be good to have Farrah's head around to, to maybe guide New South Wales um, in the early stages of the game. But I think next week we should be talking about the bench because I think the bench is a very, very important part of what New South Wales are working towards. Yep. Um, Look, I found a spot for Mitchell Pierce, so everyone from East who keep sending me nasty emails, um, you can stop. I found a spot for him, okay? <laughs> Good man. He's in my
1: team. Uh, well, the final segment of the footy show after the break.
0: What do you do? I'm an architect.
2: <laughs> Have you designed any buildings in New York?
0: Have you seen the uh, new addition to the Guggenheim? You did that? Yep, yep. It didn't take very long either. Not the
2: footy Show? show?
1: All right, Coxmeath. It sounds like peace is is achievable in our time if we can end up agreeing about something in revolving not only Robbie Farah but Mitchell Pearce as well. So well done. Yep. Very impressed. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of being impressed, uh, some more Not The Footy Show uh, iTunes reviews are in. And before we get to the actual reviews, yep. you've got you got a bit of a, I don't know, a bit of a, something to say to our old mate, uh, Ross McArdle on Twitter. Ross McArdle.
0: Uh, well, he tweeted at us, uh, if I used iTunes, then I'd definitely give you guys a five-star review. Ross. Lovely words. No, oh, yeah, yeah. Well it, it, I mean the sentiment's there. But just get iTunes. Like, you can get it, put
1: the review on there. And then never use it again. And then never use it again. It, ha- it it look, it's it's an easy it's a, it's easy enough plan to follow. Yeah. I mean it's you know, it's not assembling IKEA furniture, but it's 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 up there.
0: But look the thing that you're risking here, Ross, is you're risking on missing out on the prize. You know, what could be grass clippings from Leichhardt or it could be anything.
1: But you, you It could be light bulbs from St. Mary's you know, as they go and replace them because they're just not strong enough. I mean, that's, what, that's the power that Coxsmith has everybody. He mm-hmm. could, could climb that light pole. Look, I'm scheming at the moment. I'm
0: circling. I'm, I'm working out what I'm going to
1: uh,
0: get from a, from a ground. Um, so, hey, Ross, if you want to risk it, then
1: whatever. Uh, we actually did have two reviews uh, go on uh, this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, one was from KB Corner. And he says, not your average uh, footy podcast. I wonder if that's a play on the Not The Footy Show podcast oh, yeah. name. Because yeah. the only reason I called it Not The Footy Show back, way back when in 2010 was for search engine optimization. Yeah, Footy just Show. the Footy Show. Mm-hmm. Really, that's his thought process went into it. KB
0: Corner. Do you reckon he drinks a lot of KB?
1: Oh, I reckon he, he sits on the hill at Henson Park and just mm-hmm. loves, loves life. Yep. Uh, he's, he's obviously a little bit delusional as well because he's come out with intelligent, considered discussions about the greatest game of all. With a touch of nostalgic history combined with humorous bites, so only little bits. We only got those tiny little bits, which is good to see. He Goes weekly updates from Was and the Coxswain. (laughs) Coxswain, it's a new nickname. (laughs) Are a must listen. Coxswain, have you ever been called Coxswain before? No, I haven't. Have you been a Coxswain before?
0: No, no, I've never been a steerer of a ship at all. That's what a Coxswain does, don't
1: they? I thought it was the rowing thing, or is that just the that's a cox? That's the cox. That's just you've been that before.
0: Wow i've steered little boats i guess uh well <laughs> the yeah, next it's one it's a five-star review it's a pretty good one there is another one from um from uh the happy clown 23 the best cocks in footy apparently was and the cocks are big in asia uh my mate owen once said he was big in asia i never understood what he meant these guys know their are from their crossings they keep it upbeat and interesting and aren't afraid to call it how they see it like a good peptide, they keep me going on my commute to work. Keep it up, lads. From Smithy, thanks, Smithy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he got peptides in there, and he got um, a few key. Yeah, he worked words. pretty hard on that review, I
1: think, didn't he? he did, I, I reckon he really
0: he, did. That wasn't just, yeah. You know, that wasn't banged out is in that, thirty is seconds. Is
1: that is that is that in any contention at all for any of the gear? Yeah. I think it's. you it re- is. You reckon? Yeah. See, yeah. I reckon it's contrived. I don't. It's uh, planned out. I, I want spontane- spontaneity.
0: Mm. No, I think it's. I think maybe it's. There's parts of it that are spontaneous. I love that he got. Um, you know, the bits about being big in Asia. Yeah. I love that he dropped in peptide and um, you know, good luck to him. I hope he drops more peptides.
1: And speaking of mercurix actually, he played fantastic. He, his best game in first. Did you round know he's England. a Kiwi? I do. I do. He's a former Raiders junior.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I didn't. Didn't he know was that. He
1: stuck tying Glenn Butters there for a while. So. Yes. Yeah. Come on, Glenn But. Patris. Yep. yep. Get it. uh, anyway, iTunes, uh, please head over there and give us a review. We'd be very much appreciative mm. uh, if Coxmith sees. I don't know, is it five more? Is that the magic number? We get five more reviews.
0: I'll tell you what. Um, I will announce. I will announce uh, a winner and the prize um, the week before the first Origin. So keep them coming in.
1: Okay, that's plenty of time. Uh, obviously, we're on uh, Facebook, facebook.com uh, slash NRL Podcast, and I'm on Twitter at NRL Tweet. And uh, Robbie Cox is R-O-B-B-C-O-X on Twitter and Instagram. Okay. Uh, speaking of uh, what's in the future and reasons why you'd be giving us more reviews, we've actually got a pretty uh, interesting interview lined up. Well, as long as uh, Happy Clown23 comes through with the goods. Mm. Ken Shine, the former first-grade coach at Souths, mm. um, is interested in doing the podcast. I've actually spoken to him. Yep. Uh, we're trying to set it up for this Wednesday. It looks like it's probably going to be happening. Mm-hmm. We're going to sit down for an hour and we're just going to talk about not only South Sydney and the challenges I guess of coaching South Sydney in the nineties and, you know, in a in a almost a post apocalyptic kind of yeah. situation for them where they went from, you know, being one of the powerhouses to really being also Rans for a uh, for a long period there and mm. not only that, but the Super League and a few other areas of, of I guess Insight from a guy who was—it was literally at the coalface of, of rugby league. It's, I'm looking forward to sitting down and having a chat with him. I can't sure.
0: wait to speak to Ken Shine and um, and chat with him and get nostalgic and talk about um, you know old players like David the Mule Hosking and you know. Who we let go
1: to Manly? I mean, that was a tough decision. I believe that happened. Know, hey, it's all about morale in the change room, really, isn't Mate, it? Mate,
0: you've got to keep the mule around, you know. And we might even talk about how the mule got that
1: nickname. <laughs> we'll uh, ask Ken Shine if uh, I guess that nickname was warranted, uh, is what. we're asking, although Cocksmith might know. I know it was. <laughs> uh We want to end the podcast here tonight. Thanks for sticking us for the hour or so. It's been going on. This has been one we've done in person, so mm. that's pretty why we've sort of been dragged good. on a little bit. Yep. So hope Excited it hasn't to see been. each other. Uh, we actually changed the car tire tonight. There you go, everybody. Yeah. That was that was fun. Thanks My flatmate, so, E.T., he ages. What? Now, he offered
0: you some wine. He offered me some wine, but I'm, look, I'm not a wine kind of a bloke. I'm more of a fireball drinker. You know, so some cinnamon, cinnamon whiskey <laughs> is more
1: my speed. So, do you have it? Do you have a preference? Because I, I can, no, I can make I him listen to the podcast really. and then realizing that he's like majorly. Yeah, it's in all debt. right. It's okay. No. Don't worry about it. It was raining. It was pouring. I mean, yeah, no lights out there. I think, yeah. the, I think the rain was steaming down. It was, it, it was, was steaming. Was steaming. Down. It was steaming down. Braith was circling know, around I the block. To, I, I want an excuse to play that again. It's not only
0: just raining. It's steaming down. Look at that. He I mean, hits <laughs> the ground. He's not staying
1: in. <laughs> anyway, steaming. We've got, steaming, got a, a tweet. What's this tweet? I've got a tweet. I wanted to end the show with... It's just one of the reasons why Twitter, I think, has a real place in rugby league, and that is um, Ellie, who's at Mum 3 Ellie, yep. Uh, I'm not sure what it's been refer- referring to or, or whatever, but two things about Wade Graham. She wants to talk about Wade Graham. Before we get to her tweet, mm. Wade Graham, I'm going to show you here on my phone before we, we get underway. Mm-hmm. Has he not got the best coverage beard going oh, around in rugby league look, or, or, yeah. am I, or am I just making things up? No,
0: Wade is a good style of a bloke. Um, he's, got, he's got one of the best smiles in rugby league. I mean, league. Look, at, look at the coverage of, of Os. Yeah. I mean, that's just, yeah. you can't it's see it to everybody, but it's, it's, oh. It's impressive. You know, one thing amazes me about blokes like Wade Graham, he's got one of the best smiles in rugby league and I don't believe he wears a mouth guard.
1: So what you're saying is that's not long for this world, that smile. Maybe not. I would have thought he you had a million dollar smile like that. Or it could have been the it. lollies he was eating when he was a little kid. Apparently he, because um, Ellie says, and yeah. this, is the, this is the reason that we bring up the the tweet. Mm. She goes, "I used to sell Wade Graham lollies at the canteen, and he had lovely manners." Yep. And that's just a good feeling way to finish the podcast.
0: I'd believe that. I'd believe that. Do you reckon if Wade Graham went to to Ellie's canteen now, she'd give him lollies or sell them to him?
1: Ooh, that'd be a real test of footy mum three. Mm. Uh, so, well done, Footy Mum 3. Thanks for sharing that. Um, Wade Graham, you know, obviously he loved his lollies. What kind of lolly guy do you reckon Wade Graham would have been? Bananas. Bananas? Yeah. Ooh. See, I've always been a bit of a fan of the old snakes.
0: Yeah, I, I like snakes too. Yellow,
1: I'm a yellow snake man. You yellow? Oh, that's my favourite. Red,
0: green and yellow are my favourites. The rest I'll happily throw it when out you get a purple one it's just like the yeah. disappointment it just lingers it's just like what about when you've got to eat them you know like on a way a trip back from Canberra and you buy a bag and then you're just you you're kind of picking them randomly at night and you don't know what colour they are yeah
1: no it's tough then you're know, just pulling over to Macca's and just getting something there instead eh gotta eat healthy on a trip home mate there it is words of wisdom not only from Ellie but also the cocksmith I've been Warwick Nicholson Rob Cox and it's been episode 162 of Not The Footy Show we'll be back on a Wednesday, hopefully, with episode 163 with Can Shine from the South Sydney Rabbitohs glory, well, not so glory days, but the days of South Sydney in the 90s. Uh, look forward to your company then.
2: Well, as Mark said, the celebrations are still going on in Newcastle. Seven reporter Natalie Barr has been there all night. Natalie, how are you going? And where importantly, how's Newcastle going? Well... Um... I, think, I don't think Newcastle will recover for quite some time, actually. Uh, the party is definitely still going on. We've got a few players around here. Some of them are not quite ready to front the cameras just yet. Are they had been, any sleep? Hang on, uh, No, no, the party is still continuing. It just has never stopped, really. And um, I don't think, as you can see, I don't think it will stop uh-huh. until at least next Saturday, they're telling me, about a week before the party now with me. Um, we've got Andrew Johns in the background, um, but Matthew here, um, tell us a bit <laughs> about what that feeling was like coming home to Newcastle last night.
0: Um, it was better than, uh, it was better than Lego. It was better than Lego. It was better than Lego! It better than Lego. <laughs> <laughs> that really
2: sounds like the feeling, I think, Mel. Yeah, <laughs> that, that really tells it all.
0: It was, it was the best film I've ever had. Thousands of people lined up. We loved it, mate. Goods, Mario, panic.
2: <laughs> what, is, what do you think it means to Newcastle? A lot of people were saying this has really brought the whole community together.
0: Uh, it, uh, yeah, like, I think, I think, uh, we've had a lot of things uh, going tough over the last bit of time. with <laughs> <laughs>
2: It really sums up the mood here, Mel. I think we've really, we've um, really summed it up. <laughs> uh, so what we've, what we've, what we've hey. uh, Oh, yes, Andrew. How about you? Yeah. I think it's Cookie t- time. Tell us, Andrew. Oh there you doing? What what was it like? Coming home last night. That welcoming. It was pretty amazing, wasn't it? It was amazing. Yeah,
0: um, I think I've got the I think I've got the first um, privileged Newcastle. I I
2: jumped off the bus and oh, yeah. Oh, their enough. last words. Okay. All right, now, we'll, <laughs> leave, we'll leave it there. Go and have some breakfast. Congratulations, to You did a fantastic job, and um, enjoy the rest of your day. <laughs> yeah, uh, no worries okay. about enjoying myself here. <laughs> okay, bye Natalie. Pepsi.